With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Chicago always like that. They like to talk trash, um, get us out of our game a little bit. That's that's what they do. You know, we just play our own game, mind our own business, keep playing football. At the end of the game, I think it was like a punt. I don't know. They just be liking to talk just to talk uh, sometimes. But, I mean, I like that. I like that energy. Gets me more fired up. So, they want to keep doing it. Go ahead. Back to 500. I know Judd's been up all night celebrating the Vikings climbing up that hill. 7-7 seven and seven down the stretch. Big road win on national TV last night. Did nothing but drink Surleys all night long. I'm 14 Surleys. What's going on? I'm going to tell you something about the Vikings. I broke down the film backwards and forwards, and I saw excellence. Uh, so uh, this is Purple Daily here. If you missed Vikings Ventline last night, it, was, uh, it wasn't the most celebratory edition of Vikings Ventline, but you can find that on the Purple Daily podcast feed and the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Thanks to TCL for uh, powering us through this season. TCL is uh, here with an, a lineup full of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Let's waste no time, gentlemen. It is Pie Chart Monday, baby. Now on Mackie and Judd. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The Pie Chart of Praise. You should be singing his praises. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. That's right. When the Vikings win, it is Pie Chart of Praise Monday, or in this case, Tuesday, because they played on Monday. Yeah. I'm excited to hear how Judd, how Chef Judd has <laughs> sliced and diced his pie today. Oh, this was a difficult pie chart to do because it's called the pie chart of praise. Pie chart of blame off of win would have been far, far easier. But I did nope. come up with six pieces of pie because I couldn't give <laughs> any one person too much pie. Couldn't give any one person too much pie. And I really had to distribute the pie because, I mean, I, I gave this a lot of thought. So I'll start here. 10% at the bottom. 10%. Two slices of 10%, by the way. 10% goes to Dalvin Cook. He didn't have, have a great day, but the guy has a bad shoulder and still carried the rock 28 times for 89 yards and absolutely took a beating and came back and continued to play. Impressive. Dalvin Cook, you know what? Heck, off of that last game, 205 yards against the Steelers, I'm giving you 10%. 10%. 
Another guy that didn't have a huge game, but I still consider him to be a key contributor, Justin Jefferson. Four catches for 47 yards is about as underwhelming as it can get for Justin Jefferson. But he was targeted 10 times, and he had a touchdown. He also served as a marvelous decoy on the Amir Smith-Marset touchdown pass in the third quarter. Without Jefferson on that play, Smith-Marset does not come open in the corner of the end zone. And you know what else? He deserves praise just because anything that will keep him happy playing in this offense should be said, basically. So I'm going to praise him. Justin, I hope you watch because I am throwing you a bouquet because, darn it, you're just you. (laughs) 15%. This is, I believe, the first time in the history of Pie Chart of Praise I've done this, but I've got to do it. 15% of my Pie Chart of Praise goes to... Nothing to do with the Vikings. The Bears' lack of discipline. The Bears being dummies. The Bears' defense was actually pretty stout last night. But when they weren't stout, they had some of the stupidest penalties ever. This included twice in the third quarter last night, gentlemen. The Chicago Bears got third down stops. I think one was a third and 18, and they stopped the Vikings, and they were going to get the ball back. Now, I know it wouldn't have gone I, uh, down the field, and they wouldn't have scored, but both of those third down stops were wiped away by two 15-yard penalties, and that is the drive that ended with the Jefferson decoy and the Smith-Marset touchdown. The Bears' lack of discipline. Thank you very much, Chicago Bears. 15% goes to somebody else who had nothing to do with the Vikings. The Zebras, led by referee Scotty Novak. Um, These flag-throwing fools, had to say that very, very carefully. (laughs) Careful. It's a a family show here. Exactly right. Exactly right. But they established a tone for that game when they threw a 15-yard flag on, I believe, another third down in completion to Tyler Conklin who took a helmet-to-helmet hit, but the guy broke up the, the pass first and then basically was breaking up the pass and made what I thought was completely incidental contact with Conklin's helmet. That was called first down Vikings, and from there on, it was a festival of penalty flags. 15%. In fact, for one night, Vikings fans knew what it feels like to be a Packer fan. Oh, my God, there's a flag being thrown. Must be on the opponent, right? And then the final two slices, 20%. Vikings defense. Vikings defense. Uh, the Bears are are bad. But you know what? The Vikings in the second half of that game last night forced turnovers on downs on three consecutive possessions and got the ball away from Chicago at the Vikings 21, 9, and at the, the 14 uh, they also forced a couple of fumbles. So, you know what? 20% Vikings defense. And finally, 30%, the biggest chunk of pie, is reserved for the individual star of last night's shenanigans in Chicago, DJ Wanham. Three sacks, four quarterback hits, a great game. Six sacks now, I, I believe, in uh, 2021. The defensive end, DJ Wanham. Come on down and get your big piece of pie. So 30% to Wadham, 20% to the Vikings defense, 15% to the head referee, Scott Novak and his crew. 
15% Bears lack of discipline, and 10% chunks to Jefferson and Cook. Just because, damn it, you guys are good at football. Wow. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Wow. An efficient four minutes and 19 seconds. That was seconds. a lot of pie, man. I was I'm struggling. Shocked. I was struggling and looking for pieces of pie. Not really. Job. I mean, that was like the most slices you've had all season. No, but I'm saying I had to... I, I couldn't like make it all Vikings because I couldn't find enough Vikings to give pieces of pie to. <laughs> all right, okay, all right. I think uh, you and I have a couple similarities here, but the Rock knows how you feel about pie. I'll start you off with fifty percent. I actually have five five slices here. I'm gonna one, two, three, four, five. But fifty percent. We're gonna start with the biggest chunk, mm-hmm. and fifty percent of my pie chart of praise goes to Kirk Cousins' teammates for bailing him out. Yet again, two straight weeks, Kirk has been absolutely awful, and the team around him did enough to at least carry him to victories and and bring his QB wins record back to 500 for his career. So get this. Facing a secondary filled with backups, filled with practice squad caliber guys, I mean literally all backups in the secondary for the Chicago Bears. And Cousins completed four passes that traveled beyond 10 yards in the air in three hours. It felt like it. You know what? That was actually probably higher than I thought. I thought thought it would be lower. (laughs) Yes. Four passes, dude. Like, you're, and I get it, like, pressures and stuff, and we'll get to that in a second. But, you know, all right, this is it, man. Big stage, December football, playoffs are on the line. It's your time to step up against a weak. Bears secondary, nah. time to put on a show, and he absolutely curled up in the fetal position. And you might say, well, wait, but what's he supposed to do? What's he supposed to do? Akeem Hicks was in his face all night. Well, Akeem Hicks did get, I want to say, five or six pressures uh, over Mason Cole specifically, and so that was definitely a problem. But here's the bigger problem. Yep. When Kirk is pressured, yep. he can't do anything the last couple weeks. Right. Literally. Kirk Cousins, according to Pro Football Focus, is 0 for 18 with two interceptions when facing pressure the last two games. I mean, they're they're 2 and 0 in those games, and so credit to everything else for you know whether it's the running game or the defense for stepping up when they need to. Uh, Cousins and the Vikings are going to have to figure this out at some point down the stretch because you're not going to completely eliminate pressures. I think that's one thing that you know people mistakenly think that. Well, I mean, the offensive line's fault. Rick Spielman, all this, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, like the offensive line definitely needs to be better, and you need to find a way not to not let Akeem Hicks in your uh, in your front door seven times or whatever it was. But 0 for 18 um, when facing pressure the last two weeks. Aaron Donald, um, yeah, okay, good luck. Good luck to y'all. Yeah, it's, it's rough. So uh, as awful and atrocious as Cousins has been the last two weeks, you know, and it was flipped. There was a couple times where Cousins bailed out the rest of the team earlier this year where, you know, they were about oh, to yeah. lose to the Lions, and and uh, it kind of goes both ways. But, dude, this wow. is the time of year where, all right, it's time to time to step up. You're going to face pressure. you got to find a way. you got to be a leader. Adjust protections. Don't sit there at the end of the game. A win, by the way, with your helmet on, clenching your teeth, looking like you just got beat 41-3. to three. Like, is remarkable. Be a leader guy. Wow. All right. 20% to Ryan Pace, the Bears general manager, for building a garbage roster and hiring Matt Nagy to coach it. See, there you go. That, that, there we go. There we go. you got to find someone to parcel this out, too. Uh, 10%, 10% to Rick Spielman for not drafting Justin Fields 
There were rumors that the Vikings were going to trade up. They were offering, you know, move up to seven, move up to ten. You know, that's probably a little early to judge his entire career. But, uh, boy, he looked pretty bad last night. And he just looks over his head. You know, he's running backwards and taking sacks. At one point, I think he uh, pump faked a screen pass, saw that it wasn't there. And instead of just throwing the ball into the ground, like, dude, it's a screen pass. The offensive linemen are letting the defenders run at you free because it's a screen pass. Yep. And he pump faked it and ate it for like a 12-yard sack. It's like those are instinctual things that just, you know, a coach shouldn't have to tell you. You can't you can't eat the ball on a screen pass. you got to get rid of the ball. Uh, 10%, Jed already covered this one, but 10% to the referees mm-hmm. for keeping multiple Vikings offensive possessions alive with just ridiculous 15-yard penalties. You know, like a Bears player would breathe on a Vikings player and uh, a flag would come out. We're not used to watching that. Usually that doesn't happen to the Vikings. You know, know, there was a couple calls the other way, too, like the no call on Jefferson getting tackled. You know, that was was pretty bad. Um, Ejecting Eric Kendricks, I thought, was a little over the top. But overall, like the referees definitely helped the Vikings in that game more than the other way around. And I'm going to give 10% to DJ Wanham for having a career game, too. All the sacks, quarterback hurries, tackles for losses. That was his best game as a pro. So congrats to DJ Wanham. 10% DJ Wanham, 10% to the refs, 10% to Rick Spielman for not drafting Justin Fields, 20% to Ryan Pace for building a mediocre roster and hiring Matt Nagy to coach it, and 50% to Kirk Cousins' teammates for bailing him out for a second straight week. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Okay, all right, 502. 502. 502. All right. Well, Not bad. Declan, the floor is yours. All right. Take as much time as you need. <laughs> the Rock knows how you feel about that. We're, uh, we're all in lockstep on referees. I'll start with 10% to the referees and the officiating crew. Scott Novak and his crew uh, for extending it. Vikings drive for all the time. People always think that the refs hate your favorite team. Yesterday, uh, the refs actually loved the Vikings. I don't know how quantifiable we can always look at the data of what calls get benefited by how many teams and whatnot, but the referees extended Vikings drives and they weirdly enough deserve some type of praise in this pie chart of praise. So 10% to the referees, uh, 20% to Dalvin cook. Dalvin cook was still fed a lot. I don't really understand necessarily the entire idea to feed him so much against a secondary that was depleted and basically had practice squad players all over it. But still, Dalvin Cook is a monster, and if you feed him, good things seem to happen. So I'll also give praise to him, though. So 20% to Dalvin Cook. Uh, I'm with Judd. 25% to Justin Jefferson, even though it was a lackluster performance. You only found him for four catches. I thought he would be used and utilized a lot more uh, in, 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 in the win against Chicago. He still was targeted 10 times. He found the touchdown that set up the Vikings' first score. Um, so that was a good sign, but Justin Jefferson's just, I guess, presence on the field deserves some type of praise. So I'll give 25% to Justin Jefferson. And then finally, just, 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 I did the same, just I did the same thing. I just gave him a piece of pie. Just, just take a piece of pie. pie. You guys both, like, Dalvin Cook, like he basically gets a slice of pie because he played. Yeah. yeah. Like he averaged three yards a carry. Yes. He, he, his long run was 10. Yep. You know, he wasn't, he did not look yes. fully healthy in that game at all. No, you don't have, yes. Like, Delvin exactly. Cook gets a slice of pie for existing. Yes. Uh huh. That is absolutely Thank correct. Thank you for being you, Delvin Cook. Uh, and then my final chunk of pie, just 45% to the, I'll give to the entire defensive line. The defensive line had actually a really good game yesterday. DJ Wanham had a career day. In fact, if you look at the top three, uh, excuse me, top four defensive grades from Vikings players on PFF from the defensive side of the ball, Sheldon Richardson was an 80, 80.4 grade. Dalvin Tomlinson is 75.8 grade. Uh, 
Mike, Michael Pierce at 74.3 and Armin Watts at 70.2. And obviously Wanham having a very, very big day. Um, they lost to Neil Hunter. They lost Everson Griffin. They still figure out ways to get pressure on the quarterbacks. So that defensive line caused some havoc against rookie quarterback Justin Fields. I think they were the one unit where I looked at and I said, okay, they deserve the biggest chunk of praise for the performance that they put on yesterday. So my final chunk of pie, 45% to the defensive line. So 10% to the referees, 25% to Justin Jefferson, 20% Dalvin Cook, 45% to the defensive line. And a very efficient two-minute and 37-second drive on my oh, pie chart. Oh, that quick. Oh, I wanted now, if you to. Want to. If you want to, if you want to elaborate on one of them, you, know, you take an extra twenty seconds. Uh, no, I, I I've said my piece on on that on on the pie chart of praise. I just wanted a quick little pie. It's one of those ones where you just get you get get, get through the pie. It's a pie that was it fits made. The game. Yeah, it, it was it was a pie it that fits was made. The, the pies by the, the aunt who's too. not really good game at making sucks. pies, but you just yeah. appease her by taking a slice and trying to shuffle it down as Boy. quickly as you can. That was kind Come of my on, Declan. You got to try a slice of my pie. You're exactly. like, I really want your pie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so there it is, the pie charts of praise. I think we're all just kind of itching to get to the nitpicks section. When when the Vikings lose, we do silver linings. When the Vikings win, we do nitpicks. And I feel like the list of nitpicks is pretty long here. But, Judd, why don't uh, don't you take the floor here for the weekly Surly Sermon? Surly, you must be furious. In fact, I've got it right here on my phone. Wrote it last night. Because it, this takes... I love that you're always, like, on prompter for these. This is great. Yeah. This is... Well, no, Jud- I mean... Judd's, like, is... Judd's like, an established, like, TV... He's like, you know, Dan Rather, like, back in the 70s or something. Like, you just... I'm Cronkite. Got... <laughs> I'm, I'm Walter Cronkite. Oh. Um, all right. So, so Surly, you must be furious. Of course, sponsored by our friends at Surly Brewing. Is more is more today a surly sermon? Because I'm not furious. I, I just I can't get worked up enough about that that game. It was it is what it is at this point. Okay, so what this is, gentlemen, is this is a surly sermon of thankfulness. As ugly as that Vikings win was, we need to remember that Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears made it possible by being as inept as a football team can be. In these final days, give thanks here as Christmas nears. In these final days of Nagy's Bears, we need to appreciate that having no idea what you're doing on offense and no discipline on defense is the key to the path to victory at Soldier Field. For how many years Vikings fans wondered how the heck they could finally see their team, the Purple Win, in Chicago. On Monday night for the second consecutive year, they did exactly that against a coach who is about to be shown the door. Enjoy it while you can, while you can, because there are no guarantees the Vikings won't return to their losing ways in Chicago next year. Raise a g- glass of Surly to Kirk's 87-yard passing performance, to Justin Jefferson's four catches for 47 yards, and to the Zimmer-approved game plan of 33 rushing attempts. Be thankful. Enjoy your surly. Don't be furious. This holiday season, you were given the gift of victory at Soldier Field. He is the Shakespeare of Vikings content. His name gift is Judd Zolget. Amazing. Um, you know, that was a rough way to win a football game, but there's nothing like being a Bears fan these days. Let's uh let's hear from our friends. This is uh, Bears Vent Line, courtesy of the Score 670 in Chicago. Here, Declan, pick your favorite. 
George McCaskey, and you are sitting in that skybox tonight, and you see everything you saw, undisciplined play, lousy offense, turnovers, failure to execute in the red zone. Mm, mm, if mm. you've got any pride about the organization, this guy worked hard for you, Matt Nagy. Put him out of his misery and move on. It wow. has gotten to the point where we are a national embarrassment. Gotten you tonight? <laughs> Gotten tonight? NBC Sports Chicago there. Oh man, even like you know it's bad when Brian Greasy on Monday Night Football is just outright calling for Matt Nagy's head for the last ten minutes of that broadcast. And and Nagy looked like a guy that's like last night for three hours he's screaming at officials, he's yelling at his players. You know he looks like he's gonna. Potentially punch one of his assistant coaches in the faces. I think he just wants to be done, right? Yeah, he's, oh. he, he's seen the reports all year. It's like, like that guy just needs to be. He just needs to take a breather for the last three weeks of the Was season. Was there anybody playing in last night's game on either side who truly had fun? Um, I think uh, I think Smith Marset had fun last night. You know, scoring okay. his first touchdown. I think Hicks, DJ Wanham. Team Hicks had some fun last okay, night. Okay, that's Team Hicks definitely had. Fun. He did eat. Yes, that's true. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from some more depressed Bears fans here. I don't need to care about anything else. The three points, all this. We get told, why can't we score? Why can't we? We're invested in this quarterback. You had a fumble against a cornerback. Yeah. You're a mobile quarterback, and you had a fumble against a cornerback. It wasn't some big hit linebacker or defensive end or something. I mean, the guy consistently turns the ball over. How many times did did we give up so many yards lost on a play? I mean, Dantzler, that was a good play by Dantzler. Do you think he tried to poke that ball out, or was it just like, you know, it looked like kind of looked 50-50. incidental to me. Looked at, how do these Bears fans at this point do it, and why? Why are they still – like, just come back next year, guys and gals. Like, why? They just keep coming back to the... My bad. Trigger finger there. We'll go back yet. We'll go back. Yet. I still am extremely skeptical, uh, 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 skeptical at best um, on wh- wh- whoever the new coach might be, whoever the new GM may be, that we're still going to end up stuck in the mud and, you know, just not able to get out of mediocrity, uh, mediocrity because the ownership can't get out of its own way. They keep doing weird things. Or they cut off the nose and spike the face, you know, whatever, you know, uh, uh, metaphor you want to throw out there. They just can't get out of their own dang way. A lot of, lot of metaphors. A lot of metaphors. Lot We're going to be stuck in mediocrity? You should hope to achieve mediocrity. Right now. Also, yeah, they've pretty much been stuck in a similar place for 30 years. You, right? right now, you're a joke. You're a punchline. Mm. The Vikings are mediocre right now. The Bears are damn near a national embarrassment. Yeah, I think the Lions are better than the Bears. I know the Bears have beat the Lions twice this season. But well, they care more. Yeah, the if, Lions are. If that are, counts for anything. 
Yeah, they're both. I mean, both teams have flaws and incompetencies. So, all right, let's go through nitpicks here, boys. You know, this. If you want the full list of immediate oh, reaction nitpicks, Vikings vent line last night. But what are what are some of your biggest nitpicks about the game? It could be about the broadcast. Anything to do with the three hour debacle that turned into a win last night? I feel like the Vikings are, and and this uh, goes back to probably Clint Kubiak to a large degree, probably Kirk to some de- degree as well. Uh, but just as an overall philosophy. I feel like when the Vikings see defensive looks they might not have expected or known were going to be as good, um, i.e. Akeem Hicks, I think had been out since early November, came back last night, and it looked like the Vikings just weren't completely prepared for for the fact that he was going to come back and, and be himself. And I never really sensed that they adjusted and were like, okay, holy cow. Uh, Mason Cole just got picked up and thrown into the 15th row. So, like, we're going to need to do something here to help out. And and that's not just Kirk. That's everybody. Like, we need to help our offense. Um, and instead, they were like, oh, my God, what just happened there with Akeem Hicks? That's inc-. And Akeem Hicks just continued to pick people up and throw them. I, my nitpick is this. Like, I understand that that the whole halftime adjustments thing is cliched and like teams don't go and like overhaul stuff, but there are subtle tweaks and things that can be done fairly quickly to at least provide some help. And it doesn't feel like the Vikings are very good at adapting and adjusting to that. And I think they compound their problems from the top on down by not adjusting it. That's a nitpick. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one because because my biggest nitpick is actually the first like quarter and a half, maybe even just the first. I would say the, almost the first uh, two quarters in their entirety, and that the Bears came out and said, "Okay, we're going to double team Justin Jefferson, and we're going to." And they even showed at one point, I think Lewis Riddick was diagramming on a replay, and they were and and the Monday Night Football crew was all kind of in agreement. Well, this is what the Bears are going to do to Justin Jefferson. And if that's how they're going to play Justin Jefferson, then the Vikings are going to have to find some other people to throw to. And I almost threw my TCL TV out the window. And then I realized I don't want to kill the messenger because TCL is a great brand. Don't yeah. do that to TCL. It's, great. it's a great, great TV. It's like, so wait a second. What you guys are saying is even if a secondary is decimated by injuries and you have to start all backups, it doesn't really matter who the players are. It could be Darrell Revis in his prime from 10 years ago, or it could be... Chris Boyd, you know, bumbling around or Bashad Breeland. It doesn't matter who the player is. As long as you're double covering a star wide receiver, then it's checkmate. Oh, I guess there's nothing we can do. Oh, what are we supposed to do? They're, they're bracket covering Justin Jefferson. It's like great offenses, great quarterbacks, great receivers too. Like I'll put a little bit of it on Jefferson. Like, all right, you're going to have to find ways to get open and, uh, you, you know, communicate with your quarterback and the coordinator. But more specifically, great coaches and schemers find a way to get that dude 16 targets last night, 20 targets last night, like some ungodly number, and run the Bears out of that stadium. And instead, it's like the Vikings said, oh, man, okay, uh, they're double covering Justin, so, okay, let's let's throw the ball to inferior receivers, Conklin and Ham. Like, you're doing exactly what the Bears want you to do. Okay, we're going to run the ball more. I guess there's nothing we can do. We're going to, where there's no counter in the passing game, so we're going to run the ball more. Right. Like, there's just no, the Vikings are playing checkers on offense. 
almost every single week. And I know that like on a yards per play basis, they are a borderline top five offense, but the eye test just feels like there's so many inconsistencies. They just disappear for halves or games at a time. And that's why their record is 500 and not 10 wins or 11 wins right now. Like I legitimately think that this team with just a better approach to offense could have two or three extra wins right now and not be sweating the seven seed. Oh, there's no question about that. Yes. Yeah. And and the thing that makes no sense is, is this. So every, you have to assume going into every game that you play that the opponent now is going to look at Jefferson and say, how do we take him out of the game? Um, so explain this one, though. So how does last night's game not turn into the K.J. Osborne game? Like, that's what I don't get. It's like the default goes to, Phil, what you just said, which is... 33 runs. Uh, that and this one. Where's Ty Conklin now? I got to find Ty Con- It's like, well, well, hold on a second here. Let's back up for a second. And by the way, God bless him. Ty Conklin contributes. Um, but if you're going to double uh, Jefferson consistently, K.J. Osborne's open. Like, are you saying you don't trust him? Because we know that you do sometimes. That's what I don't get. Like, that that to me opens a door for the next receiver up to have a huge night. And it was sort of like, yeah, nah, I can't really, but why not? Nah, I can't really do that. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, and again, on one hand, it's like you just want to go into Soldier Field and get wins because the Vikings only, this is their fifth win at Soldier Field since 2000, basically. So they're, I think they're, they, they went in 4-16 and 16 over the last 20 years at Soldier Field. Um, and and this is their fifth win. So, like, on one hand, you can't really yeah. complain about style points. Like, you should just get wins. But I think I think it would be one thing if, if they were just playing smooth sailing offensive football all season. And it's like, all right, this is just one of those weird games, you know, that you just have to start this to chalk is, up. But the, yeah. proce- the process looked and felt so familiar. Yes. You saw this same process in the second half against the Steelers. You saw it against the Lions. You see, like, you saw it the first half of the season. And so, and, and, and the players could sense it too. I mean, there's a reason why Kirk Cousins was standing there with his helmet on, clenching his teeth for you know the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, staring off in the distance. Like, bro, you're up by two touchdowns. It's okay. Like, you can celebrate a win. You don't have to always like. You're like you. you know, it's funny when he puts up 300 yards and a near flawless passer rating against the Lions, even though they did nothing in the first half, and he's out there after a loss, like big smile, shaking everyone's hand on the field. But then when they win a game. Well, at yeah. Soldier Field, and he puts up the worst performance of his career statistically, and now he's all depressed on the sidelines. It's like, you know, this this team drives me nuts. <laughs> it's it's things like that that just kind of piss me off. It's like, and even the Mike Zimmer postgame locker room speech, find it on the Vikings' Twitter account. It's the most uninspiring. You know, he's trying to, hey, guys, that's a really good win, and, you know, we, we don't, the games don't always have to be that way. They don't always have to be that way, and it's like, you know, then they get together in the middle and, all right, ready, one, two, three, break. And it's like five guys are like, one, two, three, break. It's the most uninspiring <laughs> post-game vibe. You know, God. All right, I'll shut up. Declan, what's your nip? Uh, just, yeah, I mean, the, the idea of the offensive approach. I, I think Zimmer had a quote uh, in the post-game about how, well, the reason they were pressuring so much is because we were passing too much. You were passing too much? Like, you, you were going against a secondary that was depleted and and had practice squad players all over the place. I would hope you want to pass a lot. And for them to also just be taking weird shots down the field. Well, Tyler Conklin had him beat. Why are we taking a shot down to Tyler Conklin? Get someone across the middle and get someone in a slant. You have other players and weapons that you can utilize here. I know Thielen's injured, but 
you can still figure out ways to get K.J. Osborne the football. You don't have to be taking tight end shots down the field, not looking for C.J. Ham on a check down. Like, Hakeem Hicks is a mammoth man, and the dude loves playing the Vikings, and he clearly makes a lot of his money just in those situations. But the offensive game plan, for them not to just absolutely shove it down the Bears' throat, for a lack of a better words, with the football passing the ball all the way down on them, was mind-blowing to me. And then they have to give Dalvin Cook the ball, and you're running right up the middle against that Akeem Hicks and that front that you know is going to swallow you up. The fact that you did not just go in there and kick the Bears' ass absolutely blew my mind. And I think the offensive game plan approach is what my is the biggest nitpick I have to the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. And smarter, smarter offensive coaching staffs and just better offensive leadership doesn't get derailed for three hours by one player and bracket coverage by a bunch of backup right. secondary players, you know? But again, it's like, Ooh, Can't throw the, ball. the chessboard looks a little different than we thought it would. What should we do? Right. Cause they're, they're still trying to deep in Mike's heart. There's no question. He still thinks that he's going to win it, the game with his defense. He just does. It's never going to change. But the thing is, like, how many times do we need to see this story repeated where it's so clear what is going to be your bread and butter, and that's offense? But Mike Mike just sees this as, let's run the ball, let's control the clock, let's let my de- defense cook. And it's like, and I'm sure he, he thought my defensive line's playing great. I mean, one of them had three sacks. What more do you guys want? And it's like, yeah, okay. Um, it's still got some problems. So, yeah. but, but he, he was probably privately thrilled with like, look at we they they scored that late touchdown. That's it. In fact, he said in his post game thing, his post his post game speech, which is supposed to be now, you know, we we went in there and did that. He started off with the flaws. He started off with like four flaws, including the late touchdown. Can't allow that late touchdown. It's like I think he's he's I think become like, he's oh he's God. become such an uninspiring figure. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand like the power of a message, and he doesn't understand how to conduct that room. Like he's a he's a coordinator that's that's been masquerading as a head coach. Like he doesn't when he gets up to a podium, he doesn't treat it as this is my chance, regardless of what the narratives are, regardless of what the questions are. This is my chance to speak to my team through the media, and I'm going to get up here and say like again, you know. I've never coached a day of football in my life, but like you got to get up there and say, you know what? That was definitely not the prettiest win, but that's our best win of the season. And here's why, like, like be a freaking leader. And he gets up there and it's like, well, we can't allow that touchdown. And the games don't have to be this way. He went through a bunch of things that went wrong. You know what though, too? And this is going to sound shocking coming from me, but what he needs to do especially with a group like that on a night like that. And, and he has continually refused to do this is he won't embrace the circumstances, which is this a long time ago, a long time ago, you got to get, get up there and say, well, it was close again, but that's we us, love right? It. We that's love us, it. Gentlemen, we yeah. ate that game. I mean, you know, we, we feasted on that game. It's Christmas and we're feasting, you know, he can't do it. He's just, Poor I mean, ball. he still continues to pull away from this notion of, you know, well, it, it doesn't need to be that close. Mike, you got three games left. You know what you're going to do? You are destined to play close games. That's who your team is. 
Yeah. Uh, and and instead of instead of saying let's embrace this, you know what? Let's win every let's go to the playoffs and win every damn playoff game. And if it's three points, I don't care. Yeah. I have an, I have another nitpick I want to throw at you guys in a second here, but I yeah, I think Judd looks pretty pretty good these days here. You know, holiday season, you've still managed to lose like thirty pounds. How do you do it, Judd? Zolgad? That's thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. Yes, Phil Mackey, you're right. Um, a few months ago, two forty. Now two ten. It's been a fantastic journey and it's not done yet i'm going to uh, get down to 200 pounds and then i'm going to stay there that's right and i'm going to get help in doing that and right now you're saying judd tell me how i I can join you because when the calendar flips at least you want to lose weight too it's this simple save 50 percent off the program call today okay save 50 percent off the program your first visit is free Limited time offer, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com, 855-GO. Again, it's L-I-V-E-A. Livia will help you shed the pounds. Limited time offer. And right now, again, call today, 50% off the program. Pretty doggone good. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Insurance. They help business owners with risk management Think about, for instance, how winter weather could impact your business in a negative way. You know, we're always thinking about top line and increasing revenue, but sometimes it's about protecting assets, protecting your employees as well, and just making sure that you have a great frontline defense against risk. That's where Federated comes in. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right. You like that? I admit, I am reaching deep in the bag of Kirk Cousins' critiques here. But I think the little things stand out and add up, you know, like 0 for 18 against pressure the last two weeks when the season is closing in on the most crucial games, right? Like you need to be rising up and you need to be figuring out how, like you've been in this offense long enough, like 0 for 18 over two games against pressure. That's unacceptable. Right, and there might have been a couple drops in there, and yes, like you'd like to find a way to reduce pressure, but this is the time where you—it's you, you, not a new system anymore. You got to figure out a way. And here's another little like if you're looking for little clues about who is Kirk Cousins. What does Kirk Cousins care about? What kind of a leader is Cousins? What kind of a you know what, what, what kind of a presence is Cousins? And he was asked by the Monday Night Football crew before the game at some point. Is this the best season of your career? Did you? I don't know if you guys picked up on this. They were they were really they didn't yeah. show his answer, but they relayed his answer. Yep. I saw is it. this is this the best season of your career? And his answer was, I don't really want to answer that right now. I'd rather wait until January 9th to answer that question. January 9th is the end of the regular season. The Super Bowl's in February. In his mind, the season is decided and your success is decided at the end of week 18 in this case. Mm -hmm. And it's such a small thing, but the great quarterbacks in the league, like the Russell Wilson's and the, and they're struggling this year, but the Tom Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers, would they answer that question that way? Hey, what, like, is this the best season of your career? What constitutes a great season for you? Their answer would be, I don't really care about like my individual accomplishments. Like, as a team, we'll we'll figure out if it's a great season in February if we're playing for a Super Bowl, right? I don't know that he can even wrap his head around what that looks like, though. Like he's never come close to a Super Bowl. He's never he's never gone to the conference championship game, right? 
And that answer to me was so telling in that, like, his finish line for what constitutes a great season is, is January 9th, not February 13th or whatever the date is. Is that going too deep into the bag of Kirk Cousins' nitpicks? That's going pretty deep, but, I mean, that, that's also within – that's sort of who Kirk, Kirk is. What, like, I think if anything surprises us about Kirk by now, it's our fault because he ain't changing and it's not surprising. So, yeah, I think Kirk sees things very much as it's – so I think he tries to answer things as he thinks is appropriate to the team, but it's really about him. And I think it always will be. I think that's who he is. He sees things – I mean, remember, Kirk Cousins' greatest accomplishment, without a shadow of a doubt, the day he retires will be the fact that he got that first fully guaranteed contract. That's who Kirk is. Kirk's proud of that. And you know what? In a league where it's damn tough to get guaranteed cash, he did a really good job. But that's his accomplishment. That That's going to be um, – and unfortunately, the Vikings, I think, are a team – and this is not all Kirk's fault, but it's certainly, uh, it certainly is weighed by, down by this. The Vikings are a team that looks very much like they are uh, – like they are a group that's all about me and not team. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, and, and I mean, Kirk is very, I'm telling you, Kirk and Ryan Suter are very similar, very similar. And there is a reason why the wild that goes beyond talent didn't have more success with the two players that they signed. Um, I, I think that what we are seeing here firsthand is because we're always like, Go sign free agents, right? You got to sign free. We're cheap. Now we're not cheap. Yay, we're not cheap. Be careful there because you because you got to get the right people too. It's also odd that a, a franchise that's been starved for a franchise quarterback, Washington, for decades, right? As you look back for years Daniel ago. Snyder, the ultimate me guy in life. Yeah, and like one of the, out. he'll throw money at any mediocre player, right? He's throwing yeah. bad contracts all over the place. It's like, why were they so hesitant to give yep. this dude the bag? Why were like why would well, yep. look at the numbers he look at the numbers that dude put up in Washington? I know. And they said, I don't know, man. We're not really feeling it. Not really feeling something. A, a a desperate franchise, desperate to be relevant, desperate to be playoff contenders, and desperate for a franchise quarterback four years ago said, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I think we'll draft Dwayne Haskins. We're good. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they walked. They watched. They watched Kirk walk out the door and drafted the guy who turned out to be a complete bust, and took that chance. Think yeah. about that in this league. And they won the game last night. They won the game against Pittsburgh, despite him just basically being absent in both games. And and, they, and he did make a nice throw to dagger the Steelers late. And he's going to do that. He might play lights out at home against the Rams this weekend. Right. They might beat the Rams. We're going right. to be short two days of practice. You know, he's not he's not a garbage quarterback that is incompetent all around, but it's like, you know, he's, he's the most fool's gold, highly paid starting quarterback in the NFL. And that he's just good enough to keep you sniffing around 500 in the playoffs, but not good enough to actually be the leader that takes you where you want to go. Yeah. And I'll just say, like, that answer, you know, is this the best season that you've ever had in your career? I don't really want to answer that. And, I, and I'm like, oh, yeah, great. This is great. You don't want to answer that because all that matters is team success in a Super Bowl. No, I don't want to answer that until January 9th. 
Because January 9th is when seasons are determined to be great or not great in Kirk Cousins' world. Yeah. Mm. And the the next day, Zim probably gets fired, so Kirk will be pleased about that. (laughs) Um, My last nitpick, gentlemen, is the telecast. Now, I think Declan agrees, and I think Phil liked it. (laughs) But my God, those were three guys, beyond bashing the Bears, which is fine and great. That's fantastic. Uh, Those were three guys who were sentenced to spend three hours in that booth watching that direct. And I don't blame them for not being excited. But I believe that last night's game, if I had to hear another surface-level comment, about these two teams don't like each other. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. No kidding. Look at that. Uh, They're chirping you know, at each other. They really what, hate each other. Was that old Alan Page rumbling down the field? Monsters <laughs> of the Midway against the Purple People Eaters. Chuck yeah. Foreman. Now that's yeah, a exact, football exact. name. I think I got a Chuck Foreman football <laughs> card in my at my house. And it's I, great, dude. I loved it. I, it was literally three guys that were like, we got to work this piece of crap. Okay, we're going to give it, you know. Christmas is what in five days or something. We're going to give this as minimal effort as possible. I could have um, used could have used the Manning cast last night. The Manning oh cast, God, the Manning cast would have been, been great, beautiful, breaking and, down and, all these. And now yeah. I see it's in trouble. Well, I saw it, reports no, today. Peyton might take. Peyton's trying to buy it or trying to get involved in a group to buy a team. Yeah, and to clarify, the, the Manning the Manning them. cast is wildly successful. It's that Peyton might have a yeah. Peyton might pull the plug, so it's in trouble. Yeah, so hopefully it's not. I'll be why, very. Why can't he do? Why can't he do games anyways? Who cares? Probably he probably wouldn't. But but here's the thing: if Peyton gone, Eli can do it. Find him a new partner. Eli's sneaky good. Eli's pretty damn good. Like get him like Philip Rivers or something. I had no with idea. With his fourteen kids walking around in the background. I thought he was he a. Bo- I thought he was just a boring former quarterback. No, he's, dude. He's got a great. He's always humor. been sneaky funny. Really like. Press conferences, he's always like had little one-liners and jokes and stuff. Yeah, but I didn't think yeah, it would translate so well. I didn't think it would translate to three hours. A lot of guys <laughs> have, have been really good at press conferences, gotten in front of a microphone in a booth and stunk. Yeah. All right, we, we got to go here because we have, uh, we have, we have, we're a content machine today here, baby. We step up our game once December hits. Not if right? I buy a That's team. I might leave the show. I'm going to reset score north on January 9th. That's actually what, I, what I'm going to do. I'm going to reassess it January 10th when yeah. people get blown out. January 9th. Maybe like, me. January 9th. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, he means after the the Bears I, game at home, I guess. Okay. All right, guy. All right. That's a wrap. Purple Daily. We just want the Vikings <laughs> to win a Super Bowl before we die. Okay. I don't know if yesterday Bill. was a step in that direction or not. But um, we'll be back at you. Alex Boone is going to join us later on today. We'll post that at some point on the Purple Daily podcast feed and YouTube channel. And uh, check out our other show, Mackie and Judd for uh, other Minnesota sports conversations. See you guys tomorrow.